Hey everyone, welcome to Cloud Masters, another episode of Cloud Masters, uh, a no-fluff cloud podcast giving you tangible tips for navigating the cloud. I'm your host, Matan Bordeaux. I'm joined by my co-host, Sam Clark, and today we're joined by Javier and Miguel, both working at Doit, both senior cloud architects. Um, we're going to talk about how to optimize your EKS costs um, with Carpenter, and we're also going to talk about Carpenter, of course. Um, but first, before we jump into that, Javier, Miguel, Miguel, why don't you go first? Why don't you introduce yourself, give it a little bit of background? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Miguel and I'm based in Madrid, in Spain, and I joined Duit uh, about a year ago. Um, my role here is uh, about uh, being a, a container specialist on, on the on Google Cloud and AKS, and uh, yeah, try to uh, to, uh, to help our customers with the with that, with this kind of technologies, and yeah, and, and makes their life easier. And I'm Javier Carrera. I'm a senior cloud architect here in Madrid too, as Miguel. And uh, I'm uh, more specialized in the AWS cloud in general, in the infrastructure, but also in the data aspect of the cloud. Just to kick things off, I'm someone who's not really well-versed in Kubernetes. Like I know EKS is the managed Kubernetes service of AWS. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, I hear managed, so I think everything's managed. So I'm wondering what is Carpenter in the context of Kubernetes? Um, and I guess, what does it offer on top of that? Maybe we can start off with that. Carpenter is an open source, uh, node lifecycle management project that adds uh, flexibility and cost optimization to your EKS clusters. So basically, uh, it simplifies how you manage the resources and it brings efficiency and cost optimization when you run your workloads in the cluster. What doesn't exist with EKS? Uh, again, what, what doesn't exist with EKS that exists with the Carpenter? What is missing there? Yeah, you have to compare the Carpenter with the existing solution that is, uh, I say, the the standard solution for the Kubernetes cluster that is the the node of the scaler. So it's a kind of uh, you have to compare this uh, this solution with uh, with Carpenter because it it's it's it follows it seems the it is the addresses the same solution space. So the thing is that right now Carpenter is a kind of uh, AWS solution for improving the way that uh, Node Autoscaler is working. Got it. And and you mentioned it's good for optimization. Is it's it's what it simplifies the process of managing node resources. Um, and anything else on top of that? Yeah, we could add that a Carpenter, contrary to Autoscaler was designed to handle the full uh, range of instance types that we have available in the cloud. Whereas Autoscaler is um, more related to autoscaling groups where you have less flexibility to choose the instance types from. Uh, so that means that uh, in Autoscaler, you have a direct relationship with a node group whereas Carpenter works independently, independently from other groups. And that gives you a lot of flexibility and a lot of freedom to choose the capacity that you need. Yeah, just to add on that, the thing is that in Node of the Scaler or Managed Node Groups, you will have to uh, specify which type of machine you're working with and try to do the beam packing that uh, allocate the exact amount of memory requests and CPU that you need in your workloads to target the specific machine and this is more flexible in Carpenter. It is more easier to do. This is not that you cannot do the same things in in your scaler, but it will take you more time, more, more effort also. So does that so does that mean that um, Carpenter essentially is replacing auto scaling groups for your Kubernetes? So therefore, it's going to be something that needs permission to be able to deploy nodes to to deploy instances your instances as well. You could replicate the same functionality with auto scaler groups. Uh, auto-scaling groups with auto-scaler, but uh, that would mean having perhaps hundreds of auto-scaling groups, of node groups. So that wouldn't make uh, much sense. Uh, whereas uh, Carpenter treats each of the instances as uh, an entity. Uh, in the, It handles the life cycle of that instance uh, independently from other instances. So that's much more flexible and that's uh, more efficient. 
you have, you have to think about where what it takes to node out a scaler to create a new node. And the thing is that compared with Carpenter, it takes uh, lots of steps and small tasks the same more efficiently and more flexibly with much flexibility. And it also offers the the option to reduce your costs because you will have to to uh, you have to do the uh, a fine tuning, a very well fine tuning in order to save money with uh, using uh, node out scaling routes. Okay, managed routes. The thing is that with Carpenter it is much easier because Carpenter will take the the most uh, uh, it will it will it will it will take the the, the most efficient uh, type of instances and the more cheaper also among the ones that are uh, uh, that are available for 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 the workload. So that will be you will have to choose if you are using on the other side no load scaler you have to you choose beforehand. Which type of machines do I need? We'll have to allocate some kind of uh, a people to work on that and then to do the beam packing. This is done uh, directly uh, on uh, on demand with the Carpenter. Carpenter will take all, all, all this off, of all this workload off of you. Okay. Is it um is this something you know? You handle. You, you mentioned you. You guys focus on Kubernetes-related tickets among at least our customer base. Is this something that's heavily adopted um, among the customers they interact with? Is it one of those things where we're not as familiar? They're they're not as familiar with it. Is it um, maybe only? Is it suitable for customers big and small, big and like heavy workloads, small workloads? Um, how you see it kind of perm permeating across our own customer base as like a, I guess, as a reflection of the adoption of the of like the overall market. I would say uh, there's a lot of interest in Carpenter. Not as many customers as are using it as uh, as we expected. And the reason why this happens is that this is a relatively new project. I mean, it just graduated to beta version. Yes. Uh, on the 31st of October, I think it was announced that uh, version 0 0.32 is now a beta 1 of version 1. Uh, so, yeah, there's still a lot of um, of things to, to, to happen in this project. The most important change in the last version was a change of, uh, of, of naming, meaning that... Uh, resources that were once named one way are now named differently. So we'll have to to go through the process of uh, learning the new terms of also adapting the existing clusters where people have deployed Carpenter uh, with versions uh, prior to version 0.32. So mm. What I, what I want to say is that this is a quite stable project, but still evolving. It's still growing, and there will be changes along the road. So uh, that's something to take into account too. Yeah, if you are adopting uh, Carpenter right now, it will have you will have the to cope with these uh, moving targets. That is the project right now, because even if it's available and it's working and it's working for many customers, the thing is that yeah moving and it's changing and it could impact your you are the on the latest such technology you are you know you you probably be suffering but the thing is that you are a, a, a quite a stable uh, um, project and it's and there are many many users behind this i get efficient bin packing it's better it's it seems to be better at bin packing it's it's great for multi-cluster provisioning when you said autoscaler replacement kind of a same asked about it if this is kind of a replacement for the autoscaler, I think about spot instances as well. Can kind of play well with spot instances and provisioning provisioning those as well? Yeah, that's one of the typical use cases of Parpet. Uh, people are interested in uh, lowering their cloud costs. One of the strategies to achieve that is to use spot instances. Spot instances are uh, less expensive than regular on-demand instances, they are coming from per capacity that AWS has available and it has a much lower cost compared to the on-demand instances. 
So Carpenter simplifies consuming those types of uh, instances. And that's one of the main drivers for people using Carpenter. Uh, besides the flexibility it gives you to choose from different instance sizes, it also simplifies how you uh, consume both instances. Yeah, basically that has an array of, of allowed instances that it will be created and it, it will do it on demand. It will it will check the, the spot price using the AWS API and from that it will it will choose the the most the most cheaper instance that will allow you to run your workload. So the thing is that it will do it on demand for you. Uh, so the thing is that you don't need to choose in advance which type of instances between you just have to check uh to to place uh okay I will this is that the 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 whole set of instances that I'm allowed to run and the thing is that Carpenter will choose the the best options for you. So just want to double click on something you mentioned there, Miguel. Um, if I have a, a particular workload, um, set of containers that need, for example, uh, Intel-based processors, I, I can't run them on, on ARM-based processors, let the gravitons. Um, I need to specify then in the Carpenter configuration, only use M5s, M6s, whatever, Intel, and maybe yeah. AMD is suitable as well. You, have, but I you can have several, several provisioners, and the provisioners, you can have a weight from them, so you set flexible. So the thing is that in your workload, needs a specific type of feature. For example, you say Graviton, you say that another set will be GPUs, another bit, okay, all the all the features said that it, you can run AKS uh, workloads, you can you can choose from those, from those and then at, uh, have had a specific providers for for graviton instances, a specific provider for GPU instances with a different weight. You can have you have a lot of flexibility on that. You can choose also, also the thing is that I if I don't care, I don't have a base or default provisioner. Okay, I don't care if you don't find any specific instances right right here. And the thing is that it will be created on demand for you. It will be using the 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 features that you need. But the thing is that yeah, you can combine different provisioners for different type of nodes with different type of constraints with different features with different correct uh, setups yeah you can mix as, mix as much as you want and you mentioned that that once it comes to the time to do that scaling motion once i need another node um then we're going to make a decision based on the priorities of those providers um what is the priority here only based on cost? So is it is it just going to find me the cheapest node, or or can I specify myself different criteria there? How you can change uh, tolerations as you might have in usual uh, Kubernetes. And the thing is that if you are specifying, you can label uh, your, for example, in the GPU, and they will find place uh, a node that meets the requirements and a specific AMI. I need a specific AMI to it. So the thing is that. Uh, the same that you can do with a, with a standard of or vanilla AKS, you can do it. Uh, you can do it with with Carpenter. There's no no restrictions. Uh, you can use a uh, you can place a workload in the node you want to. So the thing is that it, you can afford uh, a little flexibility. It will it will say okay, this, I can use Carpenter to choose the, uh, the 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 instance type that I want because it will be cheaper. But the thing is that I can also place the workload in the in the node that I need or the node that I want. I think it make it makes sense to to define a couple of concepts now in Kubernetes. We have uh, sorry in Carpent. We have a couple of uh, uh, elements that make the the foundations of Carpenter, which are the uh, formerly known as provisioners. And they're formerly known as a node templates, AWS node templates. They are now called node pools, which I think makes a lot of sense. And EC2 node classes, which sounds yeah. uh, like an AWS EC2 instance compared to an AWS node template. So what I would say about uh, node pools is that they are like bags of available capacity. You are specifying their that the instances to be consumed can be Intel-based or ARM-based, or they could be spot instances or on-demand instances. So you are basically adding filters to the type of instances that will be consumed. And then the, the, the EC2 node classes, formerly known as AWS node template, these 
are specific details about how the instances to be created have to be configured. You could, uh, and you um, should uh, specify things like the AMI ID, like the security groups to be attached to the new instance or the user data script that you want to be run when the instance is created. So um, going back to our to the previous question from Sam, yes, you can have different provisioners, not pools, uh, with different capacities. And uh, you may want to deploy certain types of workloads in one type of node pool. You could choose to use a diff completely different type of uh, instances for a different workload and the, by creating different node pools with different characteristics you have a lot of flexibility but also to add on Javier's comment that the thing is that you also have uh, uh, where the BPC or where the instances are created you can also uh, configure that I mean in the subnets that the instances are created uh, you can do you can configure every aspect of of, of the instance apart from uh, being created the type of instance the feature and also the you i want to place this, this specific bbc in this specific subnet okay using this specific security loop this might be going backwards a bit but we, we didn't talk about actually installing this um how do you install it in your in your cluster and we touched upon it a little bit you talked about strategies and you hint, I feel like I was, or at least what you said reminded me of use cases. What are the top use cases you see this for? Um, you see customers or maybe you as you've been playing around with it using uh, Carpenter for? All right. So that's two different questions. Uh, first one was, how do you install Carpenter? Well, it's relatively easy. Uh, first of all, you have to understand that Carpenter will be creating and destroying uh, resources for you in the cloud. So uh, you need permission to do that. And you achieve that by using what uh, AWS calls IRSA, IRSA, IAM roles for service accounts. So uh, service accounts associated to a special pod managed by, you know, char the, 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 the Carpenter uh, installation. Those pods will assume that privilege service account to talk to the EC2 API and create or destroy or modify resources, right? So it is uh, one of the first requirements. You will need to be using AWS IRSA to assign permissions to Carpet. And then uh, you have two ways, two main ways of installing Carpenter. You could deploy the resources by using the manifest there are regular Kubernetes manifest, or you could deploy the Helm chart. Helm is a tool that you can use to simplify the deployment of workloads in Kubernetes, and this is probably the easiest and fastest way to deploy Carpenter in a cloud. The uh, most important thing I think that we already talked about it is mixing uh, spot instances and on-demand spot type I mean, the thing on the same, uh, without having to, uh, to do much configuration, that would be the, the you would think of, of the Kubernetes solution using manage uh, node groups, it will be have to create a node group with a, uh, with a, with a, a, a spot, uh, a spot, uh, spot instances, another one with uh, another on-demand instances, that will be more complicated. Here, you only have to, to choose, okay, I would say, this one, and it will allow a spot on my provider to true. So that will be the, the only thing that I needed. And the thing is that prioritize using time also certain type of instances over other with savings plan. For example, we have service plan or service instances that I bought that I, uh, that I have committed to. So the thing is that I would like to prioritize the usage of these preserved instances or savings plans, instances that I have among the other being a spot or not, because if, even if it's a spot, it would be more uh, expensive than using my service instances, okay? And another one would be customizing these two instances to my needs. I mean, the thing is that I don't have to, uh, no template or the, or the class or the node class that Javier was talking about before. It's, it's, 
it uh, leads me to if I I I also can use Windows uh, Windows boxes. I can use also Linux. I can uh, mix and match all the things that I need. And so the thing is that right now, customizing these two instances that I need in order to 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 run my workloads will be the the, the third and um, main use case for for Carpenter. And regarding the installation, and to add on that more on that. Uh, yeah, you probably need, uh, there are uh, blueprints that AWS provides in order to install uh, Carpenter. And the thing is that right now, uh, the, you can use these blueprints from CloudFormation, from, uh, also from Terraform, if you like. Uh, the thing is that uh, there are, this something that is, it tries to, uh, to ease the, the pain of installing and configuring Carpenter and focus on just delivering the, the content. That would be, that would be the the best that yeah, but since you have to 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 install a hand chart, and probably you have to also install an SQSQ in order to manage the, and you have to add grant some access to the spot APIs in order for the carpenter being able to check uh, in real time which are the spot prices for the instances. So the thing is that you need some kind of uh, infrastructure, but the thing is that it would be if you follow the blueprints that the AWS provides, it will be. Uh, quite easy to install Carpenter on your AKS cluster. So one of the really common use patterns that we see with users or, or customers that want to both ensure that their workload is running, but also make sure they're doing it at the best price is to deploy firstly, as you mentioned, Miguel, onto reserved or savings plan instances. Uh, so instances that are deployed essentially as on demand, and then they want to take advantage when they scale of spot instances. Um, so very much a good a good fit for this. You just mentioned you could mix the on demand and spot. Is it possible then to to pin to pin for want of a better word the uh, some of the uh, nodes or some some of the containers that I'm running to a reserved instance or an on demand instance to pin them there so that they aren't on a spot to make sure they're always running and then to also deploy and scale out to the spot instances. Yeah, it's possible. The thing is that right now you you have resource based instances. You will have to define a provisioner of a, that will say, okay, use this kind of a specific instances that I'm with a with a weight of a, 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 with a weight a, that a hundred percent weight to say so. That's a, give them priority over the other providers. So it tends it probably has to uh, tend to use this pro in this provider among other providers that may exist. Okay. So the thing is that I will have to uh, uh, place a, a, a provider with that information, with that specific instances that I have reserved instances, okay, these specific types. And then for the other one, I will, pro I will set another uh, another provider that with the, okay, with user spot. I don't care with this spot, with this type of machine. So the thing with a, 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 a much reduced weight at 50%. So the thing is that it will try always to put there in the reserved instances where this is full. I cannot, I will, it will use the other providers and the other provider will use a spot. My favorite reason for inviting doers who are senior cloud, cloud architects and work with customers on tickets is you must have some interesting stories, um, interesting challenges that you've helped customers solve. Maybe it's around configuring Carpenter to begin with or around one of the use cases that you described. Maybe if you have any any interesting tickets, any interesting stories or challenges you've helped customers work through, um, just sharing that. I think that, that would be really useful for our audience. Um, I, it just makes things a lot more concrete, I feel like, when you can share some examples. Do you have anything maybe around troubleshooting maybe to start us off with? The installation of Kubernetes tend to be cumbersome for some customers, probably because of the, of the base. Uh, EKS cluster that they are using. I mean, what we've seen sometimes is that people don't really understand some of the settings of the underlying EKS cluster. And we've seen cases where uh, security groups are not configured correctly. So that means that the new, new nodes that Carpenter deploys are not usable or accessible. So it's not a problem with Kubernetes per se but with the underlying EKS cluster configuration or the understanding of the underlying uh, cluster configuration. So that could be perhaps a big chunk of the support cases that we get 
cases related to communications to to uh, deploying the EC2 instances in the right subnets or security related to the security groups and and the permissions also of the nodes in case they they are assigning permissions to the node. So, in my opinion, not a problem of Carpenter, but an issue with the uh, understanding of the control of the underlying cluster, how it's set up and how it should be set up correctly. Also, uh, we've seen some uh, general questions related to Carpenter, such as understanding whether Carpenter can be used or not for this objective. And uh, the, everything is in the documentation, but the people tend not to read all of it. And they prefer to ask us, okay, can I do this? I thought I could do it. Uh, can you verify that this is doable? Use cases such as the ones that we've already mentioned, splitting between on-demand and spot instances. There are many uh, customers asking for that. Also, um, some customers uh, want to uh, simply uh, improve the, the speed of the scaling, meaning that they don't want to wait for minutes uh, as they do nowadays to get new nodes. They, they, they prefer speed, deployment speed. Right? So those are uh, two use cases. And finally, I would say that cost optimization is another uh, reason why customers contact us. They want to get recommendations on uh, using Carpenter to reduce their costs. We can typically answer those questions by explaining how pod instances can be consumed easily with Carpenter, but also suggesting that they evaluate uh, AWS Graviton. Graviton is a processor that AWS developed, which is based on ARM. And the, the price of those type of uh, instances running uh, Graviton are normally much lower than Intel or AMD instances. So that's a, another use case that we are uh, about. Yeah. yeah, that's just to mention this Graviton thing, the thing is that not all the workloads run on Graviton. You need to make sure that before you use Graviton processors, you, you probably need to recompile all your application. Okay. So the thing is that not, uh, it's not us, but the thing is that right now it will, it will probably increment the, the usage of Graviton over time when the people understand all the tooling that, has, that is around this new processor. But the thing is that, uh, yeah, it will offer a, a significant discount on the, on the cost of the, of of the use of the EC2 instances. We talked about, you mentioned kind of using Carpenter to optimize Kubernetes, but I guess, um, does Carpenter always pick the right instances? Um, or like, it, I, what I'm getting at is, could you configure Carpenter to, for instance, if you, if you maybe have customers ever noticed like, hey, they're using a certain instance this is really expensive and yeah, there's actually right. cheaper alternatives yeah, you and for going to opt out of these kind of instances. Okay. I don't want this address. You can restrict the, the, the two ways. I want these kind of instances. I don't want these. So uh, no matter whether with this, the, the requirements, please don't put this. So you have a, 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 a blacklist, I would say, okay. A blacklist that I, I don't want these type of instances to be created because they are too expensive. That's right. Uh, the, the default approach is to create a node pool, the former provisioner, which is uh, very broad, meaning that you are not going to put any limits, but there are use cases when you want to put limits because you don't want certain instance types to be used, perhaps because of costs or perhaps because the processor has certain instructions or certain features that uh, are not compatible with your workload, right? So in that case, as Miguel mentioned, you can uh, do something like a blacklist. Uh, actually, you you are uh, filtering out certain instance types or instance uh, sizes or families 
uh, because they they're they're not compatible uh, with your application or because because it's prohibited. Yeah, another thing that we have said also that is uh, uh, we, ha we have we uh, have help our customers to run the uh, Windows based uh, workloads in using Carpenter. That is another thing that Carpenter does very well. I think that is in the latest version they have introduced the support for Windows uh, Windows instances, and the thing is that we have seen some of our customers using uh, Carpenter with Windows boxes, and we have uh, managed to help them to configure properly the, because one of the things that it seems that they, they, they probably upgrade the cluster and upgrade Carpenter, and they don't upgrade the, the add-ons that are required to run Carpenter, so we see and some situations that are, have been troubles with Carpenter, but it's not strictly related to Carpenter because Carpenter is another workload that runs in the cluster. Have to to be aware of that. And the thing is that uh, sometimes it, it Carpenter needs an EBS driver, uh, some kind of permissions, and a specific version of a, of a PPC CNI. So the thing is that is these uh, uh, prerequisites are not met, probably Carpenter will have troubles. So the thing is that we have found that in some of our customers will have troubles with that kind of uh, configuration and we had uh, and we help them to upgrade the cluster and after upgrading the cluster to the to the required uh, set level, uh, everything worked perfect. Have you helped any customers, for instance, combine Carpenter and Kubernetes event-driven auto-scaling CADA? I think they complement each other, yeah, because the thing is that uh, Carpenter talks about node scaling and Kida is about uh, pod scaling. So the thing is that uh, with Kida you can scale to zero, so the thing is that it will also help to reduce further the, the, the code. So the thing is that you are using Kida and Carpenter, because the thing is that the... But right now there are two different complementary tools that we can uh, use together or for separate. Uh, separate. But the the two combine very well because the thing is that uh, you will use Carpenter where they are uh, when your current uh, uh, node set does not allow for running the required uh, you don't have enough resources to run your workloads and you will use Carpenter to scale your uh, up your nodes but then when you're, you have scaled your nodes Carpenter will try to scale down and even the key that will help to that scale down because it will, it will be scaling down the zero the, the pods and it will help to scale down the node. So the thing is that the two together make a good combination and we have helped some customers to, to with that configuration. And I think that is right now it's all exclusive uh, for uh, AWS users because other users, other uh, Kubernetes users that uses another uh, managed distributions cannot use Carpenter. Right now it's only something that is exclusive to uh, AKS, but the things uh, in the future we will probably see some KIDA and Carpenter uh, combination uh, going strong because I think it's a good combination and it makes sense for it. So you've, you've just answered my second question, but I, I had two questions from, from all of that that I wanted to, to bring back to you. Um, I can skip the one now about other cloud providers and, and other managed DKS or Kubernetes clusters. But one that, that I always like to ask um, is, is I'm very focused on FinOps. I do a lot of uh, work with my customers around the FinOps space. And the most important thing in FinOps, of course, is having information to be able to figure out what's going on with your costs. Um, how does Carpenter affect, or does it affect at all, uh, the tagging of my nodes and the, and the tagging that you know I'm, that I want to be able to bring through to my custom usage report and therefore show in a dashboard somewhere? Carpenter will apply the, the, the certain uh, internal tags to the nodes that are created, but you can additionally add your own custom tags, uh, your own custom label, and you can use them to to create your reports, your consumption reports, and uh, see the, the impact of using Carpenter to run your workload. So yeah, um, so that's um, I see that uh, it, it not only tags the instances themselves, but all the resources that it deploys. So for example, um, EPS volumes and so on, of go and tag everything so that I don't have to then worry that maybe I forgot to mark my volumes as, as in use by this Carpenter. Carpenter that creates for you the, uh, when you create in the, it creates the 
the node template and the AMI and everything is upgraded on, on demand and destroyed if it's not needed. Uh, but the thing is that, yeah, it, it will uh, tag all the resources that have been created uh, so you can track them in the in your cost or even if you're tracking it as an inventory. Who, who created this carpenter? Who created this EBS driver? He, he, sorry, EBS disk carpenter. Who created this uh, node template? Uh, large configuration, this... Uh, all the all the stuff is being uh, tagged by by Carpenter, and then I assume because it's making API calls uh, to EC2 direct, yeah, yeah. and everything yes, that, that API right. calls for the to, to create all the resources that it needs. Yeah, right. So I can then do all, all my auditing through CloudTrail as standard. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Never done it, but the thing is that uh, the thing is that uh, it makes sense that they're using API, and the thing is that the API uh, user agent that comes it will come. Probably from the uh, Kubernetes, uh, uh, from the Kubernetes cluster, the origin of the uh, the user agent that is making the API calls, it will be the Carpenter controller that is running inside the AKS cluster that is making the API calls on your behalf. So you can you could track yeah you could track, track all the activities in cluster yeah. Just being mindful of the time, you guys. I think it was mentioned to me you guys had something to demo, which is I, I guess essentially a treat for the ones watching on YouTube. So if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or just audio in general, maybe switch to YouTube for this part, but. I understand you have you have something to demo. Maybe explain what that is, and then uh, you can share your screen and walk us through it. Describe describe what you're showing in case anyone still wants to just listen to what's going on. A little bit uh, little explanation of what we are about to do about here. Here we have the, a scenario when we have uh, deployed an AKS cluster version 1.27, and the thing is that we have been at the anatomy of the provisioner, which is the the thing that we, that Carpenter uses, okay, to uh, a CRD that Carpenter uses to to the uh, to choose which instances are are launched at runtime. Okay, so right now we have a default provisioner that we have created, and the default provisioner, as you can see here, it does have a operator which says, okay, we are we don't care if you're using a spot, you can use a spot if you find any suitable instances that is a spot, please use it. Okay, and now we have excluded some very expensive uh, instances of this type of family because we don't care, uh, we are uh, uh, cost concerned and the thing is that we don't want to spend too much doing this test, okay? And another thing we have uh, deployed here is the the, uh, the carpenter with the, all, the, all the stuff and we have a test deployment and then the test deployment that we're using is a simple deployment with zero replicas at, the, at right now and and uh, and zero replicas, and we will scale up this deployment to check how Carpenter works and how Carpenter creates new nodes to accommodate this and to place these workloads. Okay. And uh, just to mention a little thing about the how Carpenter was installed, it was installed using the 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 Carpenter case uh, blueprints. Okay. So the thing is that the uh, right now, it's, uh, I installed it with Terraform, and so the thing is that uh, this this code is is available on the AWS uh, site, and there will be the site on the AKS blueprints for Terraform. You can choose the, you can check the the this this code, and you can download the code and use it in your own environments. Okay. So uh, the default provisioner we will do. We have also installed uh, CubeOps. CubeOps is a uh, tooling that it will graphically show how the, the, this, the, how the nodes have been created. So the thing is that right now we have this uh, CubeOps and we have only Fargate. Uh, we have created this, our AKS cluster with two uh, Fargate profiles. So in theory, it's a uh, serverless cluster where we're running our Carpenter controller. So the thing, Carpenter controller is running on a Fargate profile, okay? And right now we have some kind of, uh, and the other workloads are running here. Right now we we, we have we we can we have here it's only the Fargate uh, workloads and the cluster system workloads. Okay, so you can check here is the Fargate nodes that are created, and we're going to about to start to scale our deployment our deployment. You can check down the logs on the Carpenter controller what it's doing to, to, to check for, for the, the thing is that we have to scale up our deployment to five pods. 
So the thing is, it will try to create a instance type three T three A small, which is the one that is has Carpenter has chosen among the all the the possible uh, instances based on the requirements of our application, which will be CPU and this memory that we are requesting. Okay, Carpenter takes that into account and say, I need this kind of resources, so I will I will try to create this kind of instance. So if we are going here. We will see that the five pods has been allocated here. Okay. And Carpenter, we have created uh, uh, all the, all the, as you mentioned before, you can see all the labels that the, that the has, has been used in the, in the, in the node. And we can identify which node has been created, which topology is using, which in which zone is created, which instance type which is T3A small, and which IP address and all this stuff here. And it's a spot machine. Okay? Yeah. This is a spot T3A small instance because it's part of the definition of the provisioner. The, the provisioner uh, said, I want the instances to be spot-based, and I don't want them to be M6G, M6GD, R6G, etc. So uh, by no surprise that the T3A small was chosen. And the the, the, the strategy that uh, Carpenter follows when choosing an instance type is based on a strategy called a EC2 a Sorry, it's called price and capacity optimized. That means that among the cheapest instances available, it will choose one where there's enough per capacity. There are not in the, there are limits in the amount of resources that you can consume in spot. And the carpenter will uh, will query through an API call the spot capacity and uh, understand that there are plenty of T3A small instances, so there's very little chance that this type of instance is uh, is reclaimed, meaning that it will it would not be interrupted by AWS, right? So uh, even though it's pot instance, we can be pretty confident that it will not be removed in the next few minutes. Okay, another thing that we can check with Carpenter is that we can get upper bound limits on the capacity that is provided by a single provisioner. So the thing is that, okay, uh, don't get crazy, don't get over a thousand CPUs because I, no matter how much request you get, don't create unlimited amount of uh, node, okay? Because the thing is that it's quite easy because it would be, I don't have to create node pools, I don't have to, to define any of this just a provider and the thing is that it could be crazy and then if, if I get enough workload I will end up creating uh, a limited amount of, of nodes so I can I can limit uh, the provisioner by setting up a, a, a CPU resource or a memory resource or upper bound limit on a on a specific resource okay and the other one would be the node template that we have chosen before the node template is just uh, we are placing the, the node on a subnet that has this label and as a, I am chosen the, to place the node in, with a security group that uh, meets my requirement. Let's, this is here. I can put this discovery carpenter, but I can put any any label that I want, any tag value that I want, okay? In order to choose the the, the where to where to launch my node. Yeah, I think it's And then we are going to scale to 10 and we will see another another thing another feature that offers a carpenter okay so right now i'm going to to check that the thing is that it's going to create another t3 a small to place here carpenter works all always on the on the on the on the when they are low capacity. Okay, that's the same that is the that's the cloud scaler. Where are pets that have not been scheduled that are pending scheduling? Uh, the thing is that Carpenter. Okay, you have these requirements. I will have to create another node, place my 
uh, new workloads. Okay. Yeah. But is that's because the uh, the it does have uh, uh, workloads that are in the in the schedule uh, pending to be scheduled. Okay, that's the same that the class dot scalar works. It's the same mechanism. So uh, that means that you cannot have at the same time cloud dot scalar and uh, Carpenter. Okay, you have to choose between one of the um, of, of 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 two. If you are using cloud dot scalar, don't use Carpenter. If you're already using it, you will have to migrate. Okay. Another thing that is uh, worth considering is the Carpenter does not run on Carpenter. That means that you have to place a Carpenter on an on a node pool that is not managed by Carpenter. Okay, on nodes that are not managed by Carpenter, because if you are uh, your you risk the uh, you you uh, you are, you are uh, getting the risk of the the node to be uh, replaced by Carpenter in any at any moment. So the thing is that you need. In this case, we have. Uh, uh, provided two target profiles to run Carpenter. So the thing is that Carpenter is running on the on the namespaces where Carpenter profiles are installed, but it's not using Carpenter to manage Carpenter. Okay. Uh, Another thing with you. Let's go and let's scale a little bit more to 50 replicas. And you see the logs. Okay, I'm going to launch a machine with 40 pods request CPU. That means 40. Okay, so I have 40 uh, pods in pending state. Yeah. And that would mean that it will create another machine where it will be dimensioned differently because the requests that were made at the moment, it would it will uh, greater. I will I will request more CPU. I will request more memory. So the thing is that the type of machine that will be created had to be uh, it will be optimized for that request. Okay. So the, the idea is that uh, the with this the that is the what is different for the cloud the scaler. The cloud the scaler won't take into consideration that because it would only create the, the same type of instance all over and over again in the same managed node pool. So with Carpenter, uh, you can check what it's doing, and the thing is that. This is creating a new type of machine, completely different. It's reallocating some of the pods that we are located here. It's consolidating the pods into a, the bigger instances. So the thing is that it's reducing the amount of instances that are being created to reallocate and to reschedule the pods in another instances that is bigger. So that's what the, a lot of the, all the things that Carpenter does very well is, and you can see it, it does it on the on a uh, very quick. So the thing is that the same thing for cloud dot scaling does not work because cloud dot scaling is is not going to create a different type of instance to host and relocate all the workloads that I have. You need to be aware that not all the workloads can be relocated. This is only for demonstration purposes. Okay, I cannot uh, sometimes I cannot afford. Okay, delete all these pods and move it to the, this one. But the thing is that Carpenter does it and does it very good. There's something we haven't mentioned uh, before, and I think it's interesting to, to talk about, and that's uh, expiration. Expiration is a setting that you can configure that allows you to ask Carpenter to destroy, auto-destroy instances after a certain amount of time. That's very interesting because you can force your EC2 instances to be Recycled uh, mm -hmm. when you when you choose, meaning that uh, from a security perspective, you are allowing instances, EC2 instances, to run uh, for a limited amount of time. That means that uh, your infrastructure will try to be as fresh as possible, without the issue of having long-running instances that are subject to vulnerabilities, to 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 um, problems with memory management. So I think it's a good idea to set a, a, a expiration time of few days or perhaps a couple of months maximum, and that will allow you to to have a secure and uh, optimized infrastructure. I will end up going to replicate to zero, replica and, zero and, that will, and that will uh, make Carpenter to drain and drain and all which is not needed, and that will be all. That will be all. They spent all the budget on those graphics, eh? Hey? <laughs> yeah.
I know, right? Yeah, F Zero X or like those yeah. old uh, those old arcade yeah. games. I did like the one when it throws all the the new notes in. That was that was cool. Yeah, it's a very nice uh, uh, tool. There's another tool not as visual as that called uh, EKS Node Viewer. It's a command line tool actually. Uh, it has some graphs. I mean, it has colors: uh, red, green. Uh, but it's not as visual. Well uh, done, as Masky art. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Similar to that. Yeah. Awesome stuff. All right. I think that wraps it up for us. Thanks. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Um, probably by the time we release it, hopefully, Carpenter will be more adopted, at least amongst our customers, because it's sounds sounds super useful for using EKS. You know, while EKS is only is the only managed Kubernetes service supported at this point at the time of this recording but you got everybody on AWS uh, like house uh, it's a no-brainer because you will probably using it so the thing is that it's not as useful to for example for JKE I do have a MK that I'm using JKE and the thing is that you cannot use something like that and the thing is that the demo also this kind of time it takes more time because it takes more time to scale it takes more time to scale up instead of trying to scale down and it's something that Carpenter is does in, in, in seconds. Yeah, sure. and capacity planning is hard. So you need a tool that will automate and optimize your your capacity. So uh, uh, that's uh, the main reason to use Carpenter. It's an open source project. Uh, uh -huh. it, uh, it integrates seamlessly with Kubernetes. So it's a no-brainer, as uh, Miguel said. So as, yeah, as we're that wrapping I don't up. see in the future any other cloud providers adopting this, uh, unfortunately, because the thing is that is not, yeah, it's not compatible with the existing solution that everyone that has, which is the cloud versus scaler. But the thing is that it's a, it's a very good piece of uh, software and I think it's working fine. So just as, as we're closing off, is there anything, um, do we do we have any sort of, uh, for the existing Doer customers that are listening, do we have anything in the way of workshops or demos that we can that we can set up with them? Is it simply a matter of uh, creating a ticket through the console and, and asking to speak to you guys? Um, the thing is that I would like to put this on the public place so everyone is able, uh, at least know how to build this demo that yeah. I said. And the thing is that we, I, I will put this one. And the thing is that you need us for any other thing that it, it, to talk with customers about Carpenter or Kida or yes, yeah. At least I'm 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 available if you need it. Excellent. I mean, well, then, in that case, I guess we'll put it. Sorry, Matan, I was just going to say we'll put a link in the description uh, to the to the GitHub repo or whatever it is with the demo, and uh, customers can discover that and then obviously ping you and ask more questions. Yeah, you know, now it's not it's not a public uh, repository. It's private. It's only for doers. Will be by the time we release. Yeah, I, I can put it on the public repo that I created uh, for these purposes, and I can put this specific uh, demo. Yeah, perfect. All right, thanks guys, and thanks for Thank everyone who's listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye everyone. Thanks everyone. Thank Bye. Bye. All right. Cloud Masters is a Do It Multimedia production hosted by Matan Bordo, a product marketing manager at Do It, and Sam Clark, a technical account manager at Do It. Our guests today were Javier Carrera and Miguel de Lucas Manzano, senior cloud architects with Do It. Editing and production of Cloud Masters is handled by me, Crispin Stanman, multimedia content producer at Do It. To hear more episodes of Cloud Masters and to learn more about Do It, visit doit.com.